Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of What For, the podcast where we ask exactly that. This week, I spoke to the wonderful Sophie, the brains behind the Normal Bodies Instagram account. She explains perfectly what they do in the beginning of the episode, so I'll let her do that for me. I just want to say a big thanks to everyone who was patient enough to wait around. We had a little pause for COVID, just like the entire world did, but we're back and we're bringing back more episodes. I'm really excited to be connecting again with the community, so if you guys have any suggestions or just a comment to let me know what you think of the show, I'd love to hear from you. How, how do I introduce you? Well, I'm I'm Sophie. My pronouns are she, her. My Instagram account is called Normal Bodies, and it's a gallery of nude watercolor paintings of all different types of bodies. Each image is captioned by the person within the painting, telling us about how they feel about their body, their experiences in their body, or their journey towards self-love, acceptance, or whatever it is that they're aiming for. That's such a nice idea. What was, I mean, goal seems a bit of an empty word, but what was the, the mission or the, what inspired it? I've always had a soft body. I've never been a slim woman. And I've always had a lot of body confidence issues, which I think most people can relate to. And as I started traveling and appreciating what my body can do for me rather than how it looks, I had a bit of an epiphany and it all accumulated in when I was in Mexico City, an artist asked me to model nude for some paintings that he's working on. He's this incredible queer artist called Felix Dion and Sophie six months previous to that would never have done it but I just thought you know what this is a once in a lifetime opportunity I'm going to try it I left his studio and I I remember cycling home just thinking I've never felt such ownership and respect for my body I mean it was just it was life-changing that sounds so cliche but it, it genuinely was then I shared those photos with other people and then the painting was made and I got a lot of responses along the lines of, I wish I was so brave, or I wish I could do what you've done, or I wish my body looked like yours, or like there was a lot of feelings of, I I could never do that. So I wanted to create a platform where people can do that, but in a slightly more anonymous and safe way, a step towards shedding that shame that we all carry around and reclaiming our bodies. That's so lovely. That's so nice. I feel like the word lovely doesn't really do it justice, but but it means a lot to me. Now I'll start veering into into what, what we usually talk about. I, I usually start by asking, like, whether we're religious or not, we all have a story we put our faith in or derive meaning from that kind of helps us make sense of the world or, or gives us purpose. And I was wondering, what story did you begin with when you were growing up so so I'm not religious and I've never I didn't grow up in a household that had faith of any any kind really I was taught there is a certain way to live your life stay on the right path you go to school you get a job you get married you have children you follow this very clear journey 
that is supposed to mean success and happiness. The key stories that I grew up with, I very much veered away from as an adult, independent woman. But I think all of those things are underlined by the ethics that my parents taught me. There was a real focus on hard work and integrity growing up, which I think is still key to my story now. In terms of what that set you up with, it's, it's interesting that, that there's a shift away from the traditional, but also a strong connection to what you were raised with. It's quite a beautiful two strings. And I was wondering, what do you put your faith in now? When and how did they arrive in your, in your heart? I think, to be honest, for quite a long time, I didn't really have faith in very much. I think I got lost for... A, probably a decade, probably my entire 20s when I think back on it, just doing what I thought I was supposed to do. I was working in video production back in the UK, which was my dream job. I was sort of rising through the ranks in a company that I loved at the time. I had uh, a lovely house with a great friend who I lived with. I had relationships. Everything was, was good on paper, and I was incredibly lucky. But it never... It never felt right. I always felt dissatisfied and sort of like I was just existing. Like I used to have this theory that life was a little bit too long. Like how are you supposed to be this bored forever? And so I think I did completely lose my way. And then when I started traveling, I felt it was a very physical reaction. That cage that I think had been pressing me down and keeping my shoulders hunched and my head down kind of just disappeared over, even over the first few weeks I would say and it made me realize that like you say that combination of those traditional family values and the values of hard work trying to combine them with this life of freedom and travel and sort of making my own path in the world it's a tricky balance but that's what drives me for sure and how 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 do you keep those batteries charged? The way you speak um, speaks with a lot of conviction. How do you keep that surety? Um, I think one of the key things that I learned when I started on this this new journey, this this journey of the last three years of this this new free existence, is to really choose my external influences quite carefully. Because as I've shown, I'm very easily led by what I think I should do and how I should behave. And I I don't think I've ever been the type of person that that sits comfortably with, but I've tried very hard to to fit into the the box that I thought I was expected to fit into. Now I've sort of realized that I know that I have to be very careful with who I allow into my life and who I choose to spend time with. And even the, the social media and the traditional media that I allow in, I think I just have realized that I I do know what I need and what I want and how to take care of myself. And I just have to stay strong to those to those belief systems and trust myself. That's that's really cool. (laughs) Do you think there's anything that has either external or internal that makes you specifically more sensitive to wanting to be what other people expect? I think it all comes down to the fact that it just has never fit. And so when, you, when you're when you a teenager or even a child, really, if you don't fit, you soon realise that you don't fit, if that makes sense. I was quite popular at school. I was never bullied. But it just, 
always it didn't quite sit right the groups of friends that I had I was always a little bit different to them and I used to try so hard to to fit in I mean I did it all the way through university as well and probably part of my 20s just trying to be one of the gang you know now I've realized that that just isn't a thing I can't I can't bend myself to fit into these boxes that don't fit. I think that's why I'm so sensitive to remaining true to myself now, because I know that the alternative makes me really miserable. I think I understand you. Sometimes being what other people want you to be, there is an awareness that you your or your idea of you falls by the wayside. Yeah, that's exactly it. It becomes less about who you want to be and who you think other people want you to be and I think if you're living in that that frame it's it's really hard to be truly happy because you're not really living for yourself Hmm. it's for I don't know for others or an idea of you yeah yeah what fight or 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 mission whether it's in normal bodies or, or beyond that do you feel most connected to in the world what do you feel inspires your energy to insight change most i mean as as a woman and as a queer woman lgbtq rights and women's rights are always at the heart of a lot of the things that i feel strongly about i think my main energies go into into my normal bodies project my little tiny corner of a much bigger fight that i feel like i can have a voice in it's all centered on a patriarchal image of society and our bodies and what a person should be and how a woman should be but I think there's just so much shame that that we're taught at such a young age like we we're so embarrassed by our bodies so early on and we learn it we hear it from people around us and we carry it through our lives and then when there's such poor representation of anybody who doesn't look like those people in the magazines it compounds that effect and I think a lot of people are carrying around a lot more pain inside their bodies than they potentially ever admit. And I mm. that makes me really angry. And I think it's that anger that feeds the fire of what I'm trying to do with normal bodies. Enough is enough. Yeah. Amazing to pick your corner, mm. the little part of the world that, that you can change. I've been really excited to hear people's micro missions even though they might be washed up in sort of macro anxieties (laughs) I like the idea of micro missions that's really lovely because I think I think sometimes I feel guilt for not being more vocal and using my position of privilege in a much bigger way but I think that's it isn't it you do have to sort of pick your corner and think where you can make a difference I think that definitely suits my brand of activism more yeah we have to maintain ourselves to be able to to carry on the good fight which is obviously a privilege but it's also a fact (laughs) Um, (laughs) those things are both true yes (laughs) is there anything you would like to change within yourself Sometimes I feel that my apathy is a problem. I'm not sure that sometimes my feminism is intersectional enough. I don't know that I am doing enough reading around the topics that I claim to be so passionate about. I know I can do more and I don't know what stops me, whether it's just 
pure laziness or an overwhelming sense of there is so much wrong? How do you even start to tackle this thing? There is a definite level of shame there for me of the fact that I could do a hell of a lot more in my position. I completely understand that. Yeah. I guess then who who is a person who does do that? I, I'm always wary of, of the idea of hero or role model, but who is the person who inspires that or, or do you aspire to em- emulate? The honest truth is that there's not one person that I hold up as sort of beacons of this is how we should be doing things. I think my... My heroes are more day-to-day people, you know, like the people that you encounter. I feel quite strongly that every encounter should mean something, even if it's very brief. So I try very hard to learn something from everybody that I uh, come into contact with, or even if it's just for, I don't know, we meet one day. I don't know how to say that without sounding like a cheese ball, but... I don't think you need to be so self-conscious. <laughs> I move countries sort of every few months and I come into contact with a lot of incredible people. And it's mm. these people that sort of have the biggest impact on me and how I live my life and how I structure my beliefs and how I act out those beliefs. It's those day-to-day people that they're my heroes. <laughs> I mean, day-to-day people are, are, are fairly solid and multifaceted heroes fairly real ones are there any of these individuals who you can recall the waves they made in in your conception of things yeah absolutely well i think that actually the perfect example would be emily who who we both know she and i met when we were both living in colombia i was around at a friend's house and she just walked into the room and we happened to be dressed exactly the same we only met two or three more times in real life that was 18 months ago maybe a year i'm not sure we remained in contact and we speak usually just on instant message multiple times a week. I've told her things that I haven't ever said to anybody else in the entire world. She's challenged these two high expectations that I had for myself to just be okay. She taught me that that's not how these things work and that I'm doing a really good job. <laughs> she just accidentally been in the same apartment at the very same time a year ago has had a profound impact on how I live my life and how I feel about myself. So there we go. We found we found a named hero. <laughs> I think so. I love it. Yeah, yeah, she she's definitely a hero of mine. Heroine. I mean, I I always I don't know. I don't know how to non-genderize hero her hero a heroic individual. There we go. Let's, yeah, let's go he's with my that. heroic individual. <laughs> what brings you the most joy? I'm very happy and excited a lot of the time. And I think that comes from the fact that for a long time I was miserable. So now I mm. really, really appreciate everything that I have in a in a much deeper way than I ever thought was possible. I can just be walking down a street and there are some pretty trees. It's sort of everything, you know, like being with people, having alone time, getting out and being active, but being able to be lazy all day with a book. Everything is just... I feel like I live my life with my eyes really wide open now. I think that's because they were closed for such a long time. It's amazing how sort of seismic that shift was. Do do you remember what provoked you to suddenly go, this has got to change? I don't know. There were all these ideas of what I could do and who I could be, but I never quite dared to do it because of the, the traditional path that we've spoken about already. 
And then within the space of a couple of months, my boyfriend at the time, who I thought I would marry, left me very suddenly. And that set into motion a spiral of despair. I needed to move houses and I was really burnt out at work. And I was a couple of months off turning 30. And it just all Like, I had to do something. There was no real other option. I could feel myself sinking really, really slowly. This all happened, and then late 2016, I booked my flights, and then that was it. As soon as I got that flight, everything, everything sort of shifted in my mind, and that's when this this change started happening. And did you expect it? No. I was just running away because I didn't know how to live um, that life anymore too much had changed and I I felt just so pointless like there was no meaning in anything that I was doing and that cage I could just feel it getting smaller and smaller and smaller I was just running away with my little my little tiny pile of savings and trying to recover the first few weeks was definitely it was a very <laughs> it was a very miserable time but the longer I did it and the more people I met the it was like a gradual shift back to something well not even back to something because it was a whole new me it's amazing the power of a quarter life crisis it really is I had to go one bigger and move to Argentina (laughs) and what are you most proud of I, I think that I honestly think having the courage um Everything's underpinned by privilege, of course, but having the courage to make that huge, huge change in my life and to try something new and go out alone to the other side of the world while I'd got a broken heart and was crumbling. I'm really proud that I just decided that wasn't that wasn't for me. There was a better way to live my life. And there were so many times where I thought, this is too hard, I can't do this, I'm I'm sort of going to ruin my career. There are all these reasons why I shouldn't. And now when I look back on those, I'm just so proud of myself for for being sat here in Vietnam, talking to you about my life and a, a project that I'm so passionate about. Like, I made that happen. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is really <laughs> cool. Is there anything more that you want to share or achieve with this wonderful project? I mean, I think the thing that we could be stronger at right now is diverse representation. Anybody that looks through the gallery will see that we, we're we growing. We definitely are as the audience expands and we reach more people. But I'd love to see that expand even more. My dream is for anybody to be able to look through the gallery and see a body that represents theirs or to read a story that they feel like, oh, God, yeah, that's that's how I feel. That's that's my main goal. I mean, that sounds like a pretty solid goal. Sometimes I ask about regrets and pains and failures, but I don't think we need to go down that path. I'd like to end on that note. It's lovely. That's so nice. It's That's been such an interesting experience because I think a lot of the things that you asked me, I haven't really ever thought about before. And it's so, like, I feel really emotional in a really good way, you know? Oh, well, I'm chuffed and, and hopefully one day we'll cross paths. Yeah, I really do hope so. With Emily, of course. Of course, of course. All right, stay safe. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to Sophie for having the patience to talk to me during the confinement. Let's hope the next confinement isn't quite as long. Tune in in another couple of weeks to hear another episode from What For. Thanks, guys.